Welcome, everybody. This is Troy to the Max Extreme here. And this is Ghost Hunter Dave uh, from a six-foot distance <laughs> over here. <laughs> uh, this is like uh, something, something... I'm six feet away from my computer. <laughs> <laughs> this is something experimental here due to the situation. We are kind of doing what uh, we do on Patreon from time to time and do an imperious podcast, but for the masses. That's right. That's right. Uh, so what we're... It's going great. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is going right here. So you can tell by the lull of our <laughs> the audio there. Uh, so wow. we're just going to... It's just an open-ended conversation. We're going to talk a little bit of comics uh, maybe at the tail end of this, but uh, it's yep. going to be a good time. <laughs> we already ragged on our family and our children in there earlier before we recorded, so uh, that's right. We've got that out of the way. That'll free up about fifteen minutes. Yeah, we'll still bring it up probably. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, this will be a little bit more free form than you're used to on our show. And if you're watching this on YouTube, know that you can also download uh, the actual like the podcast version of this on where can they get it troy oh you can find that pretty much where anywhere podcasts are sold <laughs> uh just search but what would they look up you can search the review review podcast r-e-v-i-e-w-r-e-v-u-e just search that and it'll oh, be I, in my normal podcast feed. Stroke there. yeah <laughs> you're just that's what it's called yeah and it'll be it'll be like uh an imperious podcast experiment, whatever. I'll just name That's it something. Right. An experiment in fear. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So there you That's go. Right. Search yep. those feeds. So, yeah, we have, uh, as we've mentioned on the show, there are some backlogged episodes of Rex that we thankfully filmed well before this quarantine uh, came into effect, and we're chugging through those, but. You know, we're all so busy and now locked down with our families, so it's pretty damn hard to get anything done. <laughs> so we both uh, shut ourselves into our respective libraries, uh, had a couple drinks, and decided we're just going to have a nice meeting of the minds and get to know each other again, because it seems like it's been ages. Yeah, I, I haven't talked to you in a long time, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just uh, thumbs up icons on Messenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only way we communicate, because I still have no idea what your phone number is. <laughs> and I don't feel like giving it at this point in our in our uh, working careers. <laughs> oh no, we've, we've gone way too far for that to happen now. Uh, so yeah, I who would have known that being home all the time can get nothing accomplished <laughs> yeah i had so many grand plans i'm like well if i'm gonna be home i'll i should probably get this this and this done i've gotten none of it done <laughs> none of it and i've been home nearly a month <laughs> <laughs> it's been so windy <laughs> you outside you're gonna get blown down the street <laughs> that's right yeah the wind is what's been doing it also these yeah. nagging kids <laughs> every second of my day <laughs> uh, we love them but wow, we don't have to like them, guys. Grow up a little. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, so that's that's pretty much been the whole thing of mine. I I have done some reading, but what kind of sucks is that even Diamond isn't distributing stuff for comics anymore. Well, for the last like month or so, and so because they're not putting out physical issues, they don't want to bring out digital issues either. 
And so there's yeah. just been a wasteland of anything new coming out. Granted, yeah, that's definitely a. I'm sure it's not uh, something that hasn't been talked about in all of our familiar circles here. But yeah, what a weird thing to happen to the industry that's already, you know, probably struggling to kind of stay afloat. A lot of people are saying, is this going to be like the end of <laughs> comics as we know them? Obviously, it won't be the end of comics, but like, could this kill like the, you know, the weekly comic book issue? Nah, I don't think it would. Thoughts? Thoughts, Troy Potter? I I don't think it would. Namely, it comics have been around forever already, gone through highs and lows. And there's not the already they're not like the most popular thing in the world anyway. So I would assume hmm. its audience that is getting the physical copies is gonna be there when everything kicks back up and is delivered again. Yeah. It's the people that are, you know, popping in occasionally, checking out this book and that book, they might take this time to be like yeah i'm, I'm good without you know <laughs> right <laughs> i feel i mean you see it all over like shops are closing down among all kinds of other businesses you just hope like when this finally does kind of write itself here that there's going to be anything left to mm -hmm. make up enough of a market or enough of a demographic there yeah yeah that sucks know, but well, no, go ahead. No, oh, I was just going to say, that sucks that some of them are closing down, but they're trying to do, like, ingenious things to, like, keep them afloat. Um, just sending stuff through the mail and all that kind of stuff. But even then, like, if nothing really new is coming out, that definitely decreases pull lists. So, yeah. it's a hand-in-hand -hand kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like, um, and I, I thought this, like, right when all this was first happening, but I feel like we're really on the edge or the precipice, if <laughs> oh. I can. <laughs> of something like really kind of reinventing how comics are either made or distributed or something. You know, it seems like we're, maybe the market is going to like dry up for a minute. Maybe they're going to rethink how they're putting stuff out there. But I feel like this gap that we're all facing right now is definitely opening doors for a lot of really creative Oh, did your house just fall down? No, <laughs> sorry, I just dropped my phone on the very loud mic stand. My apologies. Oh man, I felt like I was on a roll there, but I, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of uh, room for things to maybe improve. I don't know. There's definitely losses, but there's also a chance for a lot of new ideas to come into play, which is exciting. Yeah, I well, I not only do I think about that for comics, but I think about that for the general workplace as well, like. This show is oh, like yeah. a, an alternate can work. And so like, <laughs> yeah, throw all. So, I mean, why not give this a go and, you know, try it full term? I know a lot of people like working in an actual place, but like if a business doesn't have to forfeit like money to pay for real estate, then why, mm -hmm. why fork over that cost? We're going to go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like for the longest time, you know, businesses were saying they can't pay people to work from home because nothing would get done, and now they're forced to. And it's like, hey, you know what? Everything's going on pretty well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> considering. Right? Considering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, so we are, uh, to pull back the curtain, we are both um, not working at the moment <laughs> for different reasons, yep. but still, uh, still technically kind of working in a variety of ways. So it hasn't been, uh, like, 
boredom at home no. right now. I feel busier than I've ever been in my life. I thought this would be a time when I could get like a bunch of really great creative shit done, but I'm like swamped with actual work and then kids and then trying to have at least like 15 minutes with my wife a day. And uh, I am like actually doing some, I'm doing a lot of comic related stuff right now. I've been drawing my own book that I've been doing, The Mind Frame, second issue. Um, I'm working on two different projects that I'm writing and uh, some two different artists are illustrating. So those are in various stages as well. So I'm like, I feel like I'm firing on all cylinders. It's just, if I didn't have all this other shit going on, I would really be cranking out stuff. But yeah, like, I, I don't know, like I get the most done when I'm super busy. I guess that makes sense, <laughs> but like when I'm like overwhelmed with a bunch of shit, I usually end up like my most productive. Yeah. I, um, found myself doing a lot of dishes. That's what I'm doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, I do like two loads of dishes a day. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We haven't eaten out since this whole thing started. We haven't eaten at a restaurant. Well, obviously no one's eaten at a restaurant, but we haven't had takeout food. We haven't had a non home cooked meal since the quarantine started oh really that is insane i feel well i i've done it at the bar right up the street for me the one that you love dave i do love it <laughs> i eat Jugs, there go ahead give them the, <laughs> give them the placement i uh order from there probably once a week and yeah but they'll like come and walk it down to my house so it's oh, pretty cool nice. <laughs> smash it cram it through your mail slot <laughs> Here's your pizza, dickhead. <laughs> Just yeah. smash it through. <laughs> uh, we've been eating a lot of frozen pizza, but yeah, no no takeout food. It's nuts. And we've been saving a shit ton of money yeah. for that. Plus, like, just going out to just you know, putts around Target or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what you save when you don't just go and frivolously spend shit for no reason. Oh, yeah. So that's been nice. I Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, we're not paying for daycare. Chelsea is still working full-time from home, so she's bringing home her check, and she's the breadwinner, so she's bringing home more than I ever do. And mm -hmm. then, so we're saving, like, a $300 daycare payment a week. So, like, oh, we're man. almost coming out ahead <laughs> with that stimulus just, check that came in. Just, just be like, a stay-at-home dad. Just keep those two kids home from daycare, and that pretty much evens out, right? <laughs> that amounts to what you make? You know, it's almost looking that way <laughs> at this point it would yeah. just be my sanity and health benefits because i'm still getting uh, those at least through some part of this year i guess can't you jump on her insurance yeah i could maybe you should do that maybe i should or just don't get sick don't step on <laughs> knives listen i'm dr i'm dropping knives not stepping oh, on them yeah. dave <laughs> And how dare you tell me what to do with my knives. <laughs> I keep them real sharp for a reason, okay? Just in case I need to cut possibly a tendon and a foot. I'm always prepared. So I I imagine you mentioned this. You've told this story on your on Review Review, right? I think I have. I'm not sure. Okay, well, I feel like enough time has passed that we can laugh at this now, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, good. Can you tell the story then? <laughs> yeah, sure. Listeners to uh, your latest ailment. Sure. <laughs> so I was making something just for lunch <laughs> one day, and I had both my kids 
in the kitchen and they are just screaming their head off for for no reason just because they're kids right and so i put this I put the knife down on the counter, or at least I thought I did, and I turn around, and I'm like, what do you want? Just screaming at him, right? And the knife wasn't fully on the counter, and it's a big heavy handle that just, like, flipped off the counter and went blade down right on the knuckle of my big toe. And, like, immediately, it didn't bleed, but it was a big gash, and I could see, like, white in the cut, and I'm like, oh, God. And so, like, uh, I immediately put pressure on it, and I don't want to... Chelsea is on a conference call, so I don't want to, like, alarm her that I may have uh, cut a tendon in my foot. But I can no longer move my big toe up and fully flex it up. I still can't. And now, if I try, I get, like, a... What do you need to do that for? Well, that's... What's that big toe gotta do up there? <laughs> that's what the doctor pretty much said when I went to go... Are you a velociraptor? <laughs> I went to go see a doctor that day... And uh, he's like, well, it's probably nerve damage because a tendon wouldn't hurt if I tried to flex it like that. And I'm like, okay. But even if it was a tendon, nobody's going to do surgery on it anyway because of coronavirus. And it's not an essential (laughs) surgery. And by the time we could, it's too late. (laughs) (laughs) He sits down, takes off his glasses, looks you in the eye and be like, what do you need to move your toes for anyway? (laughs) So I'm like, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. So I guess I'll just walk out of here very poorly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so wow. Did, that, did he, like, put a Band-Aid on it or anything? Oh, yeah. Like, he said, well, let's dress it. And that was just put a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> that would be $700. Yeah. I can't wait to get that bill. <laughs> wow. So um, I think my wife asked Chelsea this. Was it the mangled foot? The pre-mangled foot, or is this a different foot? Of course it's the mangled foot, Dave. <laughs> okay. Just, which foot is that? The right or the left? My, Just for my, my own benefit here. It would be my right. Your, All right. your stage right. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. I never understood that until just now. I really needed the foot in there to make it all come together. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, you know, that foot's got two strikes against it. I'd say one more thing and you just lop it off, go for the peg leg. Right. Luckily enough, it wasn't the one I blew my ankle out at that jump park. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> then, yeah, you would have been out. You wouldn't have had a, a leg to stand just on. Just lop it off. Give me one of those sweet robot legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I need. Or like a unicycle. <laughs> oh my Attached god! To your leg, just like a wheelie leg. <laughs> Look like a cartoon character. That's all I have on the bottom is just a unicycle. Yeah. <laughs> well, up from the knee down, not like from the waist down. Oh, I was going waist down, full unicycle. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you what to do with your your own body, your body, your choice. That's right. That's what I always all right. say. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad that we've cleared the air on that. Yeah. You have no medical things that you I can laugh at you about. Mm, I had a really swollen eye for like three days. I saw it. Yeah, you probably can only huh? you can only probably <laughs> half see it. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got that once before, like around Thanksgiving. Like just one eyelid got like super swollen, and then the opposite one did it this time, but for a much shorter period, and then it went away. We should yeah. s- stop scratching your butthole and then go right for the eye. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do with my butthole. My butthole. Your like, choice. What's the rest of it? My choice. Yeah. 
I totally blanked. My butthole. What a long Thursday. The end. My butthole. The end. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Good so I'm, I'm glad I haven't had any more health issues because then I'd mm-hmm. be just a train wreck. The pancreatitis really did me in early in the year. I don't need that flared up again. Oh, yeah. And uh, just being at home stuck with kids doesn't help me not drinking, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I've been drinking more than ever. So, <laughs> coffee and alcohol. I think that's that's got to be... Like, if I'm realistic here, and I'm, like, you know, rationing out everything, every piece of liquid that goes, every drop of liquid that goes into my body, uh-huh. I would say at least 90% is either coffee or alcohol. <laughs> I can't think of anything else that I really drink throughout the day. You don't drink just water? That's probably like a 5% in there, and then maybe like a propel <laughs> somewhere in there too. Okay. But that's it. That's about all it is. I, I felt bad, actually, because I didn't have any soda from when I had, like, that initial early-in-the-year health scare. And then yeah. during this time off, I'm just like, I'm just going to have this soda uh, that's sitting in the fridge. Oh, yeah. You know what? I have done some soda, which I have tried not to, but I've I've kind of jumped back on that wagon. When this first started and everyone was just like, Fuck it, we're just going to do whatever. We're just going to see how this thing goes. <laughs> yeah. And no one expected it to go in like it did, and where it's like, we can't keep doing this. We're going to be dead by the time this quarantine lifts. And if it's not for the soda I'm drinking, it's for the all the bread I'm also making, just like the rest of the internet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say all the knives you're drinking on yourself. <laughs> I mean, you can't cut bread without Eventually a good sharp knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're due for a butter knife eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've been making a lot of bread. Yeah. We've, uh, my wife has been making a ton of just, like, baked goods, too. Not, not even baked. Like, puppy chow right. is in constant circulation at our house. <laughs> oh, my God. Which I've heard it's also referred to as Muddy Buddies. Oh, yeah. Puppy chow is not in your uh, Vernacular. dialect there. <laughs> But those, that is like my kryptonite like, lately. Like, I won't get out of bed unless there's puppy chow waiting for me. <laughs> and I'll like, I'll get out of bed, I'll pee, I'll walk to the kitchen, grab the bowl, and just like squat down in the corner of the kitchen, and then just <laughs> eat it. Like a monster. Until I've had my fill, and then put it back and go about my day. But like, once I get my hands on it, I, I can't even go and like, enjoy it on the couch. I need it right then and there. <laughs> and I'm not even sitting. It's just like, literally popping a squat. <laughs> like a, like some kind of bird would eat carrion in the desert. <laughs> just perched over a corpse. There, there was a point, uh, probably about a week ago, where we just were eating whatever was left, so it was like a bunch of carbs, all this kind of stuff, it just felt like shit, and like, I had to go grocery shopping, and I actually got like, fresh stuff in the house, and I had a salad, and I'm like, oh my god, I feel like, I feel like I'm Superman, because <laughs> I had a salad, it felt you so good. I'm gonna go out and shake hands with everyone on the block, <laughs> I feel like I can do it, I'm gonna take my chances, I had a salad today. <laughs> It was quite impressed with myself. Mm. God, I always feel bad when I see people eating a salad at a restaurant. Mm. What are you doing? You paid for that? God. I don't ever feel bad. My condolences. (laughs) (laughs) You know something's bad. You know they have real food here. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, who can order a hamburger? Oh, they've probably got the pancreatitis, Dave. <laughs> they might. Have you? Uh, are you sticking to that weight? Yeah, I'm. I, I've gained probably five pounds, but um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm right around that thirty pound loss because I was actually nice. dipping below that um, before I headed into this huge layoff. I don't even know what I'm at. Well, I don't think we have any working scales in our house, but I would I would guess that I've probably put on some weight. Um, but I don't know. There's like, I I, I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I just, I want to get back to normal. I want to get my runs in. I want to get back to the gym, and then we'll check. And then we'll see. Oh, my God. So, like, being at home, I feel like I need to also wear out my kids. So I thought, like, in the morning... Why don't I get up with Chelsea? I usually do anyway. Get up with Chelsea. She's going to go to work. I'll put on like a workout thing on YouTube. And me and mm-hmm. my daughter will just work out for like 20 minutes. Have her blow yeah. off some steam. I'll go take a shower. She watches like cartoons or whatever. The guy can just be in his jumpy. I don't care. The yep. little jumper. <laughs> yeah, He's jumping around. He's doing something. And then every single morning I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I ain't nope. doing that shit. <laughs> I think the first day this happened, we were like, all right, family, we're going to get up. We're going to do a yoga. So I I go on YouTube. I look for yoga. I pick, like, the first yoga thing. And this woman just gives this long-ass introduction and explanation about yoga <laughs> while, like, we're hanging in this pose. And the kids are complaining and whining. And she's giving, like, this five-minute history lesson on each of the poses (laughs) we finally get done and you would think i just went and slapped every member of my family in the face (laughs) and they basically said like we are never doing yoga again way to go dad you fucking ruined yoga (laughs) like there are more videos guys i'm sorry i picked the wrong one here Uh, the family lost all faith in me even early on even thinking about it now i'm just like I could probably do that tomorrow, but I'm going to wake up and be like, God, my life sucks right now, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to start your day with that. No, but I do, because <laughs> I, <laughs> I usually wake up with a kid's fist in my face, as probably mm-hmm. you do as well, because for whatever reason, oh, Macy's yeah. been sleeping with us the last like week. Just get up and just like crawl into bed with us, and I'm like, wake up, and there's like a hot box of a kid yeah. sitting right you know. right beside me, just sweating like crazy, and I'm just like, oh my god. I know. I don't know why they run so damn hot. Well, how do kids sleep comfortably when they're like 100 degrees? I have no idea. <laughs> my son is like only in pajama pants, and that's it. Like, no socks, no underwear, no shirt, uh-huh. just pajama pants. And he's sitting there like just roasting. <laughs> and if he touches me, if like he kind of like you know sidles up to me i'm like sweating then and i almost i usually like wedge a pillow between us because i can't be up against it this is too much we're gonna light the sheets on fire oh that's good Mm. (laughs) lordy lordy well have you been doing like any reading at all dave yeah i've actually been reading a shit ton (laughs) i guess like um I uh, I actually went and I started reading, like, some actual books, too. Uh-huh. But uh, I'm just, like, I guess when it comes time, I only have time to read at bedtime, pretty much. But by the time we all go to bed, I'm usually still kind of wired, depending on how much we've drank right before <laughs> that. Yeah. 
But, um, man, what did I read? I actually read this comic that I have been wanting to see the end of forever. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's called Faust. Yeah, you... Well, that's like one have of the, I showed if I lent you this? You've shown me this. You haven't lent it to me. Uh, okay. The first time I ever saw it or even heard of it, you were in your apartment. Um, okay, I was going to say, I didn't bring this to the ABC. No, I? no, Because no. I'd get, like, fucking expelled <laughs> from school if I brought this on gr- school grounds. And you, you gave me the whole history lesson about it there, and I was, like, intrigued. I'm like, really? What is this? And it's not done, you say? <laughs> yeah. Is it now it's, done? Yes, it's done. I think they finished it, like, three or four years ago. But it started in the 80s, and it only ran, like, 15 or 16 issues. Mm-hmm. And it's just these two guys, Tim Quinn, I think, and David Vigil, Virgil. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm butchering the names. Let me just grab it. It's right next to me. Okay. But yeah, when you show me that, I was appalled. Because that was like probably the first time I even saw like highly sexually explicit images in a comic book. It is extremely <laughs> sexual and violent. <laughs> it is uh, David Quinn and Tim Vigil. And, um, let me see, when this, 88 was when the first one came out. So this is pre-Spawn, but it is super Spawn. (laughs) I think it would be worth, like, doing a show on just to kind of talk about that. Because it is, like, it is Wolverine meets Spawn, basically. Like, the character design, anyway. Okay. And Batman, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it's like this hero that or this assassin that like made a deal with the devil and he comes back for the love of his life and then he just starts kind of like going up against the guy that gave him his powers and trying to save the girl but it is just so ridiculously like 80s over the top violence and tits and ass (laughs) and dick and bush and everything (laughs) like i almost wanted to like come back and do an imperious sex uh two-parter with this and heavy metal oh yeah the heavy metal book um uh what is it fact two i think is what the the standalone like graphic novel of heavy metal was okay do a two-parter called imperious sex and violence and (laughs) do those two like tna books because they're both i mean i think they're pretty highly regarded like i know tim uh tim and david are like respected in the industry not quite like that peter laird and kevin eastman type of thing but still (laughs) that like grungy black and white kind of doing their own thing and it's just you know two completely different sides of that spectrum where one took off and became like this multi-billion dollar property and the other one like they kept doing it but nobody paid any attention to it (laughs) but somehow they still like kept putting this thing out and finally finished it like 20 years later i was trying to see if you can buy it anywhere i have the first three trades and then i was able to read the last three or so issues digitally but they are hard to find yeah and like as they go on they are ridiculously expensive so i would uh, i would lend you them if you wanted to read them okay but it's, uh, I think it's worth talking about because it's just, you know, all that shit that we did, like all the Black Kiss, like 
that was some of the most entertaining episodes we've done in a while because they're just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, there's so much you can talk about in these. I would be into that. Yeah, it was good. It was one of those where I've always wanted to, like, wrap this up, and then I was finally able to track them down and be like, oh, shit, I'm going to reread Faust and see how this whole thing wraps up. Mm-hmm. And no matter what it is, I still, like, you got to give them credit for just doing this for them, you know? Oh, yeah. And they have their diehard fans, but, like, this is not a book that they made to make money on or, like, <laughs> famous on. It's just, like, totally a perverted book for two perverts. <laughs> I love it. But That's the my artwork book. is great, and, uh, like, the writing is so weird. I think he gets a little up his own ass as it goes on, where... I would say, like, he almost follows, like, the career path of Radiohead, where at the beginning <laughs> it's, like, rock and roll, and by the end you don't even know what this is. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's kind of how this is. <laughs> like, they get a little too artsy, maybe, as it goes on, but it's really interesting watching the uh, the actual artwork change from the 80s to, like, 2015 or so when it wrapped up. Cool. And see, like, how he's progressed and everything. Right on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would be way into doing Faust, uh, for a show. That'd be great. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a couple books that I'm like, oh man, I want to, since, who knows when we'll record again, I want to make sure that when we do, they're good episodes, you know, we're not just killing time. Yeah. So, like, there's that, and then there's a couple other ones that we've been talking about, these kind of big runs that we've been reading, you know, like Black Science, we want to get back to Tom King's Batman and wrap up Grant Morrison's Batman too. Yep. And then a few other ones sprinkled in. For sure. I um I haven't been reading a whole lot. Um I did read I'm, I'm still continuing to read Black Science. I'm not as far in it as I would like. You'd probably like me to be. <laughs> but I feel like we're not going to... I, I want to do a, like a legit episode on it. And so I feel like yeah. I have time now. <laughs> okay. And then I've I been catching now. up on like Fantastic Four and Immortal Hulk until they're probably not going to come out until, you know, whenever. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then I also read like a, like a shit ton of Bloodshot. And I started it before the movie came out. And then it yeah. came out and kind of hit with a dull thud. And then I still uh-huh. finished it up to a point anyway. Um, and then I actually did watch Bloodshot the movie yesterday because I found a free rip yeah. of it on YouTube. Oh, shit. <laughs> send me that. Yeah, I'll send it to you. But, and it's in I HD mean, and everything. you buy it and support the arts and everything. But uh, It's Sony. Fuck them. But, <laughs> 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 but uh, it was... Yeah, I, I, we can talk about all that later because I think we read the same Bloodshot stuff for an episode yeah, that yep. we were going to do, but um, we can just talk about it right now knock it all out. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. If that's uh, hot on your mind right now. So we both read... Well, you read a, a ton of Bloodshot even before Lemire's run, right? Right, yeah. Okay, so let's say this is a part of the show where we talk about something that we would do a show on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you've gotten through our turmoils and our quarantine update, then welcome back to Imperius Rex. Um, today we're talking about Bloodshot. Yes. Uh, primarily Jeff Lemire's Bloodshot when Valiant relaunched that uh, line. But Troy, you read some of the work preceding that, so fill us in on the character and what happened prior to this. Sure, so I read 
um, all the Bloodshot from the 2012 relaunch up until they did The Valiant. And actually, I haven't mm-hmm. actually read The Valiant yet. It's like the one book oh. in the middle of... I love it. That's one of my favorite Valiant books. I know. <laughs> it's like the one between like the J. Michael Straczynski, who relaunched it, and then Jeff Lemire. That's the one in the middle I haven't read. But I've read everything yeah. through that. Um, I think the Valiant kicked off their newest relaunch. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. Like yes. They brought in all those new artists and everything and kind of renumbered them all. That was, I think, right on the crux of the Valiant. Yep. Um, the J. Michael Straczynski one kind of takes like his origin from like the early nineties and kind of just retools it for like the modern, like desert storm era or whatever. And then, uh, so it's just a super soldier. He's inoculated with a ton of nano machines so he can heal from any wound. The nano machines can like sync with other technologies. He can actually disguise himself holographically through them. He's, he's Mm -hmm. like a powerhouse, right? And he's like, Also the Punisher on top of that. <laughs> I was going to say, he's like the Punisher and Captain America, and... Well, no, I guess the Punisher qualifies for the Captain America angle of a, a soldier from one of those yeah. Desert Storm or Vietnam operations. He's like one of... He's probably like the flagship Valiant character. Like, he's got a sleek look. It's... it's yeah. He's pretty cool. Um, the Lemire relaunch of it um, definitely goes... Like, in Lemire territory, where, like, the J. Michael Straczynski one was more like an action movie. Yep. Um, so that was, like, your high-octane, like, cool action movie one. And then it actually went through an event like Harbinger Wars, where it crossed over with the book Harbinger and did a whole thing with that. And then, kind of after that, it kind of fizzled off and did its own, like, short little arcs here or there until it was, like, wrapped up in a trade. It's like, uh get juiced in other stories or whatever it was that was like that was like trade six until i got relaunched again with lemire okay so they were do they weren't losing anything by kind of starting fresh with lemire's run right because they were doing like a big huge event around that time anyway with like a whole big summer blockbuster event at valiant so i'm not quite sure where it left off it was like with the valiant but i I think Mm. there was something else that happened right before that like Maybe the Book of the Dead or something like that? That big summer event? No, Book of the Dead was after the Valiant. That was like their next big event. Okay. Okay. Which I have. I keep meaning to read, but I think I want to finish up Bloodshot first and then do that one to kind of top it off. Yeah. But then um, when Lemire took over, which we just started with uh, our reading here, um, he took a fun spin on it where it was like after that big event where Bloodshot no longer has his nanites anymore. He's kind so of. So you didn't read the Valiant, which is literally like referenced in every <laughs> arc no. of Lemire's run. I don't even know if I have it. I think I do. I just I didn't think I it was necessary until I got through it, and they kept <sighs> referencing back to it. And I'm like, I don't know if I have this or not. And I wasn't quite well, sure at that time I was going to read all this anyway. Yeah, and I, did. I mean, it's like the same event that they reference. It's basically like there's this girl who's the geomancer, yeah. which is like the, you know, like the the person who's like the herald of the earth in the Valiant universe, I guess. Yeah. And there's one like every, after one dies, another one comes. Yeah. So this girl is chosen as the next one and she's being sought after by the eternal enemy which I think might be a character from the Eternal Warrior okay. series, but he's associated with him. 
and uh, he's coming to kill her. He kills all the Geomancers. All the Valiant characters get together to stop him, and Bloodshot specifically, like, takes her under his wing. They go off on a run. It's kind of like a very Terminator-style event Mm -hmm. where they're just, like, off on the run as this guy's pursuing them. Yeah. And uh, she ends up dying from the Eternal Enemy, but as she, right before she dies, she uh, rids Bloodshot of the Nanites, making him human. So, like, that was kind of her dying gift to him. And I think that's about, I mean, that's the gist of it. So then when Lemire starts his run, uh, old Joe Bloodshot yeah. is just <laughs> normal human Ray, what's his last name? Garrison? Garrison? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then he um, can get real Jeff Lemire. He goes to a rundown hotel in, like, oh, some yeah. Sticksburg uh, <laughs> yep. rural area. Yep. But I I really enjoyed it. I wasn't quite sure what to expect out of it. I had no ties to the Bloodshot character. And I like Lemire, but I usually don't like him writing characters that aren't his own creation. Yeah. But I, I guess I know so little about Bloodshot that I just felt like, yeah, this could be his thing. Right. You know? <laughs> He's like this ultimate super soldier, but we just kind of take all that as like, yeah, that's what he is. He's like the generic soldier, and we don't need to see any of that. We just get that that's who he is, yep. but that's not really what this is about. Right. It's kind of like that next step of his life, Yeah, for which he I has... thought was kind of a cool way to tell it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot where they played with, he was trying to figure out like who he was before, and all the memories that was force-fed into his body are fucking up his head, and it, the loss of his nanites is kind of making him go a little crazy, where he's actually seeing yeah. a little cartoon character named Blood Squirt, which I was <laughs> yeah. a huge fan of, by the way. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I thought for sure that Lemire was drawing him, but I think someone was just drawing him like in a mock Jeff Lemire style. Right. I was like, there's no way he's writing this and drawing, like, one little cartoon character per panel. Like, I know it wouldn't be hard, but Jeff Lemire doesn't have time for that. (laughs) No. He's got, like, 12 other books to put out that month. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But he's in a very Lemire style. (laughs) I, and I, I like, when he was introduced, I liked him a lot. I liked his little, little, uh, blood puns and all all of it is really good. Um, and then he got to see, uh, I guess his memory of his, uh, deceased wife as well like mm-hmm. also fucking with his head and then well no the the that was the geomancer was it that yeah hmm okay yeah, i don't think we ever see his wife in it but that is the girl that he failed to save um from the eternal enemy okay in the valiant you really should have read the valiant <laughs> man i really should have i thought i got enough context clues going through this book apparently not <laughs> But no, that was her. That's the one who's kind of screwing with him through the whole thing. Okay. I don't think it changes anything. Not really. Yeah. Not really. No. Um, <laughs> so how far did you read of Lemire's run? I read uh, everything up through Bloodshot USA. Okay. Yeah. I read that, and then there's three more trades after that called Bloodshot Salvation. Yeah. And um, I am on the last of those three right now. And... They're fine. I think I liked his first four mm-hmm. before Bloodshot USA the best. I thought that was the best. And maybe he maybe he should have like kind of dropped off after that because anything after I didn't think was quite up to par. Okay. They felt a little bit more phoned in, in my opinion. But I really enjoyed the first four. I thought 
they were unique and different and not at all what I was expecting with that character. Right. I like uh, the downplayed nature of the character quite a bit, where he's not like invincible you know what i mean where he's just mm-hmm. plowing through. i mean he's plowing through people left and right and like killing people but like i love that he's a damaged soul and i re- like yeah. that he's way more vulnerable than he was in past books that i've read and that was like the most intriguing part but made me want to yeah. keep reading definitely like i don't know why this is so hard for a lot of properties to get but the like invincible heroes are never as interesting as like the flawed ones right (laughs) so i like the one that always comes to mind is the movie the wolverine and logan Mm -hmm. where he's like kind of stripped of his healing factor yeah where it's like a hundred times better than any other iteration of wolverine (laughs) like having some kind of stakes uh you know or like something at stake is way more interesting and entertaining than just like a guy that can continually plow through everybody with no problem yeah for sure uh, they also introduce a, f- a bunch of fun characters in here too. Um, they introduce like kind of like a pseudo love interest magic in this. Yeah. Uh, like I think who, in the second, book. I felt like her age changed dramatically. Where yeah. at the beginning I thought she was like this jailbait girl, and then by the end she's like married to him. <laughs> yeah. Like when did this suddenly become okay to be uh, like involved with her? And then, uh, what was the FBI's chick's name? Oh, I'm man, totally drawing a blank on it right now, but I liked yeah. her as well, where she kind of had like kind of precognif- uh, precognizant uh, abilities so she could like piece together crime scenes and shit. Yes. Yeah. I liked her too. And the weird love interest that she ended up having with her like older partner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was kind of a weird turn, but I liked it. Um, and you're not even you're not even mentioning the Blood Squad, his group of oh, I was getting shots, I was getting to I the loved. Blood Squad. <laughs> okay, do we want to save them? Uh, or... No, we can get to them right now. In like I think it's the third book. Yeah, where it's Bloodshot Island. Yes, right. Yep, where he gets yeah. uh, he just shows up on this island, and a, there's a bunch of other Bloodshots there, and it turns out they were previous experiments of the Bloodshot program. And yes. there's one from, like, World War Two, one from Vietnam, one uh, from, uh, like, the... Uh, there's, like, a Gulf War. Gulf War one, and then there's one that's Russian. <laughs> yes, the quiet man, or the silent man, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a dog, one of them's a dog. Oh, yeah, Bloodhound, <laughs> of course. Yes, I loved that group, and, like, you're, you're telling me that's never been in a Bloodshot book? That was a pure, like original creation of Lemire, that's great. Yeah. That is like my my favorite thing of the Bloodshot run was that other group of Bloodshot guys. They've never... So, I mean, <laughs> I like Valiant, but sometimes I feel like they are really missing obvious opportunities with some of their characters. Like, how fucking long has Bloodshot been around and they haven't <laughs> thought about, like, maybe there was other Bloodshots or other experiments <laughs> before him. Right. You know? Right. And, and then Lemire comes and knocks that whole storyline out in, like, three issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and it was really good. Like, I, I'm, i like, upset that the Bloodshot movie, which I also watched, is so uh, lackluster to uh, what the Lemire books were. I'm just yeah, like, come I figured on. they were probably, they just went for like the generic action movie bloodshot and not any of the little more introspective, quiet, <laughs> sad bloodshot <laughs> written by Lemire. I mean, I, I don't even know if you would have to like have a prerequisite, like this is what bloodshot is movie until you can get to like a good one. 
may- no, I think you could just do like the Lemire thing because like that the the super soldier like archetype is so like ingrained in pop culture that you could make that Jeff Lemire bloodshot without ever making like the precursor movie. Like everyone knows like yes, there was a soldier and he was experimented on by the government and now he had superpowers, but then he lost them. I think you can just start there and make it a way more interesting movie of this guy who like was that ultimate soldier that you never really even need to see all that bullshit that we've seen a hundred times before. Sure. Yeah, I'm. that's why I was kind of contemplating it. Like, do you need it? I mean, not really. Everyone gets who this character is. Yeah, you could even say, like, he's like a Captain America guy, you know? Like, he was a soldier, the military messed with him, and, you know, then they then it got taken away. Yeah, but the movie... Go from there. The, the movie was so... It's just kind of middling... But, like, I think it's just, it's a step above that. You know what I mean? Like, okay. there are some parts of it I thought were fine. Like, the action scenes were pretty pretty good. Um, but, like, I think Vin Diesel's the wrong choice for Bloodshot. Like, he just yeah, seemed I would to be never Dom Toretto. That. Like, that's all he was. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he needed, he needed somebody with a little bit more nuance, I guess. I, I mean, that's probably not what they were going for at all, but, like, they would helped a lot. In yeah. just like Someone getting with like a weird quirk or something yeah. that you could bring to it, where you're like, it's not who I pictured for that, but man, like I really like that. That's how I see Bloodshot now. Yeah. Rather than like Vin Diesel, who can just be like generic action guy one. Yeah, right. I mean, he's so John much John Bloodshot. <laughs> he's so much like Dom Toretto. He even has like a friggin' tank top on like the whole movie, and I'm like, God. And I that's probably in his contract. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> And I, at first I thought that he was never going to turn, like, the Stark white, either. I was just going to ask you if he'd ever goes full white. He does at the very end for, like, five minutes. But there's a point Ugh. in the, like, around the beginning where I, they tease it, where, like, a food truck crashes into this whatever and flour is everywhere, and he comes out and he's all covered in flour. And I'm like, what? and I'm like, if that is the only way this is gonna happen, this is ridiculous. <laughs> he gets ketchup on his shirt and makes the circle <laughs> on his chest. Ah, <laughs> uh, luckily he's in a white tank top, yeah. so it just all blends together. <laughs> yeah. And there you go, shirtless white bloodshot. Yeah, but I actually uh. missed that he didn't have like the hair with like the white streaks in it either. Like, yeah, like... I I feel like that's kind of one of the. I mean, he's a. He's iconic, but he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, different things that make him iconic. It's just yeah. like the red, the white, and the hair. That's all you're left with. Right. And you lose one of those, and it's like, well, it doesn't look right. But, you know? and especially it's like if it's Superman just like, without the trunks. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you're just also Vin Diesel. Like, you're not even yeah. white, you don't have hair, and you have the red circle thing that looks kind of weird. Like, they try yep. to explain it away like his body over is overheating and he's glowing from the inside. And I'm like, uh, okay, that's fine, but it only happens, like, twice. Ah, uh, man. I know. And it's taken him so long to get this thing off the ground, too. I feel like Valiant has been trying to get a property on film for years now. Mm-hmm. And Bloodshot isn't a bad one to go with, because it's as easy as you could yeah. <laughs> make an <laughs> yeah, action movie. But then this comes out, and it... I thought it was ridiculous that, like, it came out the the week that they locked down everything and shut <laughs> yeah. down the theaters. Yeah. So it's just like, my lord, they just can't catch a break with this thing. Yep. And then they do release it on video on demand or however, and, like, 
no one bought it. No one went for it. No. So, like, well, that's just going to go down as a fail. <laughs> just enough reviews came out of it that it was just like, this is fine to bad. And then, yeah. you, well, like, well, let me check it out anyway. 20 bucks? Uh, no thanks. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I, wouldn't... I wouldn't buy it for 20 bucks. <laughs> like, I wouldn't pay that at the theater to go see it by no. myself. So, like, I, know. I would go see a matinee for five. That's when I go see all my movies. Yep. I know, we thought the same thing. It's like, even if, like, if all of us, my whole family, went to the theater, it would be about 20 bucks. So, like, I can, I can vouch for that. But if it's a movie that only I'm going to watch, like, I can't pay 20 bucks to rent something. <laughs> yeah. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Granted, I did spend $40 on Trolls World Tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's amazing. It's a cinematic masterpiece. And it kept your kids off your back for... Four hours. Yeah. Uh, at least I'm not my brother. He's already spent 60 bucks on it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how it's becoming, like, that most popular yeah. <laughs> video uh, rental of all time. It's just the Potter family. Yeah, for sure. Dinosaur Neil's over there just watching it on repeat. They already have $100 out of our family alone. So, oh, there you have it. Well, it's like the perfect storm. It's like a kid's movie. You're stuck at home with your kids. They want to see it. And then you're like, yep. well, you can't because we only have it for like two days. And then they're like, all right, we can go again. And then they'll just <laughs> scream at you to see it again. You're like, okay, I'll see it again. <laughs> uh, oh. But that's how it is. Anyway, Bloodshot. I really yeah. liked, <laughs> I really liked uh, Lemire's go on it. And I think I'm going to continue on it and read Salvation and kind of until when, like, because I don't even know the state of Valiant right now at all. I have no idea. I think Tim Seeley is writing it currently, but I have no idea if there is anyone between Lemire and Seeley. Yeah, I would have to but, look it up. Uh, Salvation only goes for three arcs. Okay. And it's all like it all feels like one long arc to me. Maybe something that he just kind of spread out, like he had one more idea. Okay. And he <laughs> stretched it. Um, but it's all right. It definitely it deals with him and magic, and they have a child. And that's kind of where it's more centered around. Uh, but the Blood Squad is in there. Yes. Uh, briefly, so that's good. And his dog is in there for quite a bit, which is good. So it carries over. But it just didn't quite have the same... I guess what I really liked about Lemire's first four trades are that they're all like very snappy, quick, and unique arcs. Uh -huh. Like, every one felt very different. Mm-hmm. I guess the first and the second one kind of blended together a little bit, but it was him kind of down on down and out without his powers, and he's tracking down all of his like rogue nanites that have been blasted off into the stratosphere right. and found different hosts yep. that are going crazy and killing people. So he's going and having to kill them and reabsorb the nanites, and every time he does it, he becomes more bloodshot and less human, yep. which I thought was a cool idea. In, in any other, like, big publisher, they would have stretched that out for, like, a year. Yeah. And he, like, just does it in, like, four issues, which is fine. Because that's all it needs to be for Bloodshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the, the first couple. And then he ends up going to that, like, island scenario where he's put on Experimental Island and fighting this, like, ultimate weapon there with all the other Bloodshots. Yep. And then it goes into this weird post-apocalyptic future where it's very much like a mad max scenario uh which at first it was so on the nose that it almost took me out of it i'm like come on lemire like you are literally just <laughs> writing 
Fury Road, but with Bloodshot. <laughs> yep. But then it, it eventually kind of like moved on to its own thing. Yep. And I thought like, well, you know, either way it was entertaining. Yeah, and the art in that arc I really like a lot. Yes, the art in all of these has been fantastic. Yep. Um, the, I thought the exact same thing about that Mad Max trade when I got to it. I'm like, holy shit, like this is exactly... Yeah, Mad Max. Like, how is he not like sued for this? <laughs> and then at the end, I do like how they play it up, and it's like, oh, it's like this whole thing that just makes total sense now why it would be like this. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was fun. And uh, through his arc, you get to see like recurring characters. Ninjack shows up a few times. Yep, yep. I like Ninjack. Ninjack's good. Uh, Livewire. She's like a part of the Harbinger like series for a while until she goes off and is kind of her own thing. Uh, she's mm-hmm. kind of cool, um, but yeah, I all of Lemire's run I was a fan of. Uh, if I was to, I, I'm not gonna say like Bloodshot's my favorite Valiant title because I think Archer and Armstrong is my favorite one. Yeah, I think it's just, I I don't know, it's just kind of your run-of-the-mill, like, action-y hero book that it's like, okay, like, these are kind of a dime a dozen, so you need, like, somebody like Lemire on it to really put a different kind of spin on it that makes it way more interesting to read. Yep. I agree 100% on that. And, um... Uh, as far as great, valiant books, I would... I still might gravitate to Divinity for me. Yeah. But that's, like, it's not an ongoing, you know, so it's kind of like a special thing whenever a Divinity book comes out. But yeah, I completely agree that, um, yeah, everyone knows this character, even if you don't know that character, so you really gotta, like, put it through a different lens to make any impact, and I thought what he did was uh, a cool take on it. Mm-hmm. It got me interested into kind of, like, going in and filling in some Valiant holes on my shelf, because I, when I dive into Valiant stuff, I usually really like it, and I'm like, I don't know why I don't read more of this. But like yeah, every once in a while, they're such a breeze too. Yeah. when you read them, like they go f- so fast. Yeah, and they're so self-contained too, which is great. Oh yeah, and they don't have like a billion years of continuity weighing them down either. So it's also <laughs> yeah. pretty good. Yep. So yeah, I would. Uh, if I, whenever I get through, I won't dive into more until I get done with Black Science, as a promise from me to you, Dave. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm also uh, I'm also reading fables in the background, so we can put the cap on that as well awesome. i think i'm i'm near issue 100 right now okay. i think i'm on 90 but there was a ton of fucking spin-offs and crossovers in there yep because we did one to 50 on the show and i'm we'll do one more episode where we do 51 to 150 yep but my lord is there a ton of extra bullshit yeah <laughs> between like the normal issues there that i had to go through like the werewolves of the heartland and the crossover with the literals and all that. Yeah. None of those were really any good. <laughs> no, there, there's like a, I can't even remember that. Cause they come kind of close together where it's like a stint of just kind of extra material, the way it's collected. And it's like, yeah. this makes no difference to the main story at all. Really? Uh huh. <clears throat> so I know yeah. that's the one bad thing about like being, nuts and wanting to read every piece of it is because like some of it really doesn't matter it was just released as an extra for people that were buying it yep. month to month and you'd forget about it and then move on to the next story but when you're shotgunning the whole thing those types of things can really like slow you down for sure well uh will that do it dave yeah i think that's a pretty good one i'm getting the buzz from the wife to get it over with. <laughs> so, yep. 
Sounds good. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this uh, excursion into an Imperious podcast. Uh, I'm glad uh, we could give this out to the masses to give them a little bit of something. Uh, if, you, yep. if you like it, we do have these occasionally on our Patreon, which probably, if we can actually get away from the kids, do more yeah. of those. But more <laughs> of are. these are exclusively on Patreon. So if you like that, you can uh, join us up uh, up on there. That's right. And uh, if you like the podcast format, they can catch you and your uh, co-host, uh, JT3K. That's right. On the Review Review, still weekly? Still getting together every week? Still uh, twice a week. Twice a week. My God, no one has time for that, Troy. Well, sometimes we just do a flashback <laughs> episode. <laughs> All right. All right. And uh, we're still going to be putting out Imperius Rex content. It's just, you know, things are happening. So they're a little bit more... Uh, uh, shitty. Sh- no, they're they're gonna be fine. They're, there's a longer gap between them, I would say, because of all the shakeups in the world. But we're we're still doing stuff, so hang tight. Uh, we just wanted to drop this one in the meantime to show you that we're still out there. That's right. Uh, so, Dave, thanks for joining me tonight as well. I'd like to just throw that out there to you as a courtesy. Thank you. I appreciate it, and I'm going to gently toss it back to you. With the same courtesy implied. Thank you, Dave. That's all I asked for. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll talk to you next time. Uh, I'll check you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There we go. We did it.